Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strength Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Diamond Hardens. Sounds pretty and elegant, doesn't it? In fact, if we take the dust from diamonds and infuse it on a grinding wheel, we can grind some of the hardest metals known to man, which is a great utility coming from something so beautiful. But when the Bible talks about hardness, I believe God is talking about something that has hardness to it. And unlike a diamond, which is usually found in an ugly foundation, this particular hardness is found in a more beautiful setting than a diamond. Hard to believe that there can be anything more beautiful than a diamond, but there is, and there is no comparison. And unlike the benefits attributed to the hardness of a diamond, the hardness found in us, the something so much more beautiful than a diamond, has negative effects. So much so that one would rather go to hell than to be made pliable and ultimately formed perfectly. So let's go mining, jumping right into the stone quarry with Fred Flintstone. Romans 2.5 But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath and the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Mark 3.5 And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Job 41.24 His heart is as hard as a stone, even as hard as a lower millstone. So here we see us hardening our hearts. This toxicity happens when we hear what we don't want to hear and are being asked to do what we don't want to do by God and man. Now we are to obey both, so blah, blah, blah. Do and listen, lest your hard heart sink you. Let's look at the response Jesus does when he sees that the Pharisees are hard-hearted. So what the Pharisees shows us is that we can harden our hearts so much so that we could be looking into the face of God and not even know it's him. We can't see or hear him. What a quantifying mess. God will do a heart transplant, but it is never easy as there are no aesthetic to relieve the pain. Nope, the pain is left intact, and that is part of the healing process. Pride will also harden your heart like cement. Look at Proverbs 18.19. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. What can... What does being offended have to do with a hard heart? Everything. Offense is a trap set by the devil, and you took the bait. Scandalon is a word for offense. It is a pit in the ground with the spiky thingies just waiting to impale its prey trap. Yep. And when you get offended, you harden your heart to open communication, fact, to truth, restoration, forgiveness, growth, progress, and even hearing God. Exodus 4.21 And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Deuteronomy 2.30 But Sihon, king of Heshbon, would not let us pass through. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate, that he might deliver him into your hand, as it is this day. Romans 9.18 Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. Ezekiel 3.9 Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead, 
Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. What? So if I decide not to harden my heart, God could do so anyway? And without my consent? Yep and nope. He doesn't go around looking for unsuspecting soft-hearted prey just waiting to wave a magic wand to stone them up. But wait a minute, didn't you hear the language in Ezekiel? I will harden your forehead. So in this case, God had given them a look of warriors by hardening their foreheads. I haven't seen any pictures of what that looks like, but I expect they might be hanging in a church somewhere in Europe. So in this next example, we see that selfishness, greed, judgment can harden your hearts. You say, Ken, where did you get all that stuff? Shutting your hand from the poor is being selfish and greedy. I will have a message on tithing. But so for now, we can throw it into the mix as something that is very revealing to the church peeps. And that is that only about 10% of those attending a church with an address tithe 10%. This is hardening your heart because you cannot excuse this as a non-essential activity in the church community. You look to shout out the comment, it's not mandatory that I tithe. Besides, I give my money to whom I want. Yes, you do to a ministry you know nothing about. That is like taking your wages and giving them to the house down the road. You can support those ministries and should, but the 10% goes to the local church you attend, not the pastor and leadership team, although they are worthy of their wages, but to the church in order that they may equip the saints for the work of ministry and make disciples that remain. This is not rocket science. Our military has a budget in order that everyone can do their job. Why shouldn't the Church of God, the Army of God, not also have a budget, and even a larger budget? So this is not a tithe message, so I move on. Deuteronomy 15.7 If there is among you a poor man of your brethren, within any of the gates, in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from the poor brother. So in the next scripture we see a communal hardening of the heart. Or rather, next. Again, Europe has the pictures. But for now, we can deduce the hardening of the neck implies the inability to look and see. It is a lack of vision. Totally my perspective. And, well, it lines up with their behavior. Nehemiah 9.17 They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. Proverbs 29.1 He who was often rebuked and hardened his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Not quite the result anyone is looking for when they decide to do things their way. I'm pretty sure if it were possible to harden your eyes and ears, we would do that also. Proverbs 21.29 A wicked man hardens his face. But as for the upright, he establishes his way. Jeremiah 5, 3. O Lord, are not your eyes on the truth? You have stricken them, but they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to return. Kitchikitchigugu. Not here because their face is hardened and inflexible. I'm not sure that after going through these various hardenings, if it shouldn't be included in all personality assessments. In summary thus far, I would say that basically, anytime we do not want to do what God wants us to do, 
including considering him, the one and only, then we wall up and head to our doom. I think God also hardens whom he wants to, because he knows if he doesn't, we will do it ourselves. Daniel 5.20 But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened, in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne, and they took the glory from him. So now we have a prideful and lifted heart and a spirit. Our spirit responds by imitating our heart, neck, and face. Lousy. Well, let's end this message on good news so we can carry on the day filled with peace and joy, avoiding the stiffening of our neck or hardening of our hearts or faces. Ezekiel 11, 19, 20. Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments, and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. As we know, God is a repeater, and in both the above scriptures and the one beneath, he is crowd-talking. But in the scripture below, he's talking to them as if they were one. Ezekiel 36, 26, 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Let him be your God today and allow him, if you have any, to break the stony parts and to restore them to flesh again. Well, that's it for today. And wow, always asking for changes, aren't you? Yes, I aren't. There is nothing else worthy of our pausing in life, but to be always changing into his likeness. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy, and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks, and see you next time in deep waters.